Welcome to Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever's On the Wing Podcast. Buckle up and ride shotgun as we cover everything you need to know about the uplands. The habitat. The hunting. And of course, your favorite bird dogs. Dogs! Dogs teach us a lot of things, but no life lesson is more important than their ability to teach us about unconditional love, both for ourselves and for others and with them. Today's story is about bird dogs, dog training, and wildlife habitat. But most importantly, today's episode of On the Wing podcast is a love story. Joining me for this love story episode of On the Wing podcast, we have husband and wife dynamic duo, Navda volunteers, Andy and Amanda Doak. And joining me again uh, for, boy, this has got to be, Colby, what, your fourth episode? Third, uh, actually. Third? Yep. Uh, Colby Kerber, Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever's program manager and the organization's uh, point of contact with uh, the North American Versatile Hunting Dog Association. So um, I guess, Andy and Amanda, before we get into your love story... <laughs> which, which we've been giggling about because uh, I know that it involves NAVDA. I know that it involves dogs. And that's kind of the focal point of this particular episode. But before we get into that, tell us a little bit about each of you, where you're from, where you grew up, and sort of take us to the point where you got involved with NAVDA because I think that's when you're stories start to connect don't go too far into that story but just bring us up to that point and we'll we'll let amanda go first uh amanda where are you from i'm from vassaboro maine so central maine area and um i kind of grew up with bird dogs my dad always we always had english setters growing up so my dad was into Try dabbling in the training thing, try attempting to train a setter. And uh, so we had, we had our like little quail pen and stuff. And I was a little kid just chomping along with my dad, like going out and training. And um, so that kind of like spurred on my love of bird dogs. Um, but I didn't get into it until later in life um, hmm. when I was out of college. I had moved to Colorado and I was out there enjoying life. And then I came back home and I was doing a lot of fly fishing and, um, and I had a lab at the time, a yellow lab, and I had gotten into doing some hunt test stuff with him. And, but I didn't really have any friends or anything that anybody that did that stuff with me. So I was always kind of dragging my dad out with me and, um, we would go to the sportsman show every year and we would see the NAVDA demonstration. So one year he was just like, you know, you really need to, you should get a pointing dog again so you can join NAVDA because they're just such a like cohesive, you know, they, everybody was so friendly and it just seemed like more, more training opportunities and more opportunities to meet people. And, um, because my dad was like, I'm not going to be around forever. You can't be dragging me around to these things. So. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. So I ended up, I researched dogs and I settled on a poodle pointer. So I got myself a poodle pointer and I joined the chapter. So that's where. So before started. we go too far, um, Andy, tell us what NAVDA is for, <clears throat> for folks. And, and explain, because the, the acronym, most people pronounce it NAVDA or NAVDA. What's right? Yeah, it's kind <laughs> of... Uh, I guess both are right, you know. Yeah. Um, a lot of people say NAVDA. It stands for North American Versatile Hunting Dog Association. So uh, NAVDA is over 50 years old. It's one of the oldest uh, dog organizations in the U.S. and Canada. And um, there's a lot of different local chapters. It basically operates on two levels, kind of at the local level. And then, uh, you know, the international. We say international, obviously, because we have – 
uh, chapters, both in the U.S. and Canada. So um, it's an organization at its core that basically hosts and sanctions uh, hunt tests. That's that's if you uh, really looked at what we do on a large scale, that's the bulk of what we do. But there's way more to that than just simply uh, hosting hunt tests. There's the camaraderie at a local level. There's people helping uh, each other train dogs um, for both uh, upland and waterfowl. That's a big component of what NABDA does. Um, mm -hmm. We recognize uh, uh, 30 plus different breeds of pointing dogs, but we also expect those dogs to be proficient uh, pointing uh, upland birds as well as uh, hunting and retrieving waterfowl. So it, it's, a, it's a very broad, uh, diverse organization. Uh, you know, when you look at um, the fact that we that we recognize so many breeds that that brings a lot of different types of people into the organization uh, all all over the place. So um, it's it, it's NABDA means a lot to different people. You know, you there's there's uh, the diehards that are always um, you know looking to test their dog and and have that dog that is a really proficient hunting dog and and using the testing systems to train for that. And there's also the people that. Um, come to local events or even national events and are there really to support other people or just to help anybody however they can families friends um, it's a it's a very diverse organization yeah um, I, and that you're right it means so many different things to different people and I came to it sort of in between I, I wanted, probably my second pup I was looking for a group to sort of help me learn the basics right to you know i wasn't you know my first pup i really leaned on a pro trainer a lot and i knew i couldn't do it 100% my own so navda is a nice like intermediary with a support group around to allow a person to do the dog training on their own um with a little bit of expert guidance from a lot of, a lot of different people based on different breeds and different uh, skill sets. So uh, we'll talk a little bit more about NAVDA. I jumped ahead. Andy, tell us about your, your background. Yeah, my background is in some ways it's a lot similar actually to Amanda's. And um, I started hunting, I think for both of us, the big influence in our hunting backgrounds is actually through our fathers. Uh, both, you know, Amanda talked about her father, my father equally as much. Um, he started me hunting when I was about five years old, when I could fit in the middle of a canoe and we, we go out with my uncle and my family. And, uh, I lived for opening day duck hunting season. That was my thing as a kid. And, but, um, we didn't have a dog. So, I would always, you know, a, a duck would come down in the water and we'd be taking that canoe out to get that, that, that duck. And I'm thinking to myself, dad, there's gotta be an easier way to this. Like mm -hmm. we're, we're going out in the canoe and we're missing ducks that are flying over cause we're scaring them off. So I kind of, it, it really, I just naturally wanted a dog at a young age. It never really. And then at the same time, my dad also took me upland bird hunting, grouse hunting, you know, because we're in the Northeast and live in Maine, obviously grouse and woodcock hunting are a big, a big part of what we do. And I remember him, he had a friend who had two German short hairs and uh, we went out to one of these spots that this was an old farm. He used to, my dad used to work at growing up as a kid, but it's old grown up apple orchard, like picturesque, you know, ideal grouse and woodcock habitat and i just remember watching those dogs at a young age you know 10 11 years old i remember the just slamming on point you know and a couple times we saw the dogs actually back you know of course at that age i had no idea what that was mm. you know, watching two dogs honor each other's point but i was so mesmerized by that i remember jumping back in the truck and i looked right at my dad and i said someday i'm gonna have a germ short air I was, it was just like, that was it, you know, someday I'm going to have a dog of my own. And, uh, similarly to Amanda, you know, I'd go to local sportsman shows where NAVDA chapters would, would be showcasing, you know, some of the things that they do for training. And, um, that point that you made earlier, Bob, about, um, there's a lot of people in NAVDA that want to train their own dogs. They, they, 
I'd say the most of the people actually in NAVDA want to do it on their own. They want mm-hmm. to have that connection. They, there are a lot of people as well in NAVDA that do send their dogs to pro trainers and they're involved with pro trainers, but it's really for the guy that wants to do it himself and wants to have that hunting dog that his fingerprints or her fingerprints are on. And they can say, you know, this, I'm, I'm proud because I produced, you know, this is my hunting partner and, and we're in this together. And that's, that you see that throughout now that every every level at the local level at the national level every single level of testing you know you see people that 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 really love it for those reasons so um so i got hooked at a young age you know and uh and then eventually you know once i got out of college kind of settled in i got i got a drum short hair <laughs> so uh it was uh you know kind of come full circle i you know made a promise to myself and i said um you know, I'm going to get one. And we have a man, as she said, has a poodle pointer. I also have an English setter as well, too. And mm. my dad and my dad has an English setter as well. He used to he used to have an English setter at a young age as well. So. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of how I get involved. And you're you hold in a director of promotions um, role with NAVDA at the at the headquarters level. How did that come to be? Um, you know, NAVDA is one of those organizations where the more you put in, and I say put in, I'm talking about volunteering and supporting and really showing that you want to help the organization. Um, you, you, if you have that, that desire to do that, you know, oftentimes uh, you're going to get maybe in, put in a position, people recognize that and uh, getting put in a position where you can help the organization. And I started actually, um, you know, just helping at my local level. I became a NAVDA judge. I hmm. became um, actually the director of the youth committee. Uh, we have a very involved youth program that gets kids involved in NAVDA. Uh, I served on that committee for a number of years and then, and then was asked to uh, become director of promotion. So sort of a natural progression. And you know, uh, unlike a lot of bigger organizations, we only have a handful of actual paid staff. Mm-hmm. You know, there are close to now about 10,000 members in NAVDA. We're, we're becoming very, we're very close to that mark. And if you can think of an organization that has 10,000 members that we assist, we only have about two or three paid staff. Everybody else in the organization is a volunteer. Uh, so it, it, it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of willpower, a lot of, you know, devoting your time and money mm-hmm. and energy into helping the organization. And, and I, I'm glad to do that on a local level at my local chapter and as well as on the national level. Amanda, one thing that strikes me is my, my relationships with folks that are volunteers with NAVDA is that a lot of them are women. Uh, I think about Marilyn Vetter and, and Nancy Annisfeld on our board of directors, very involved with NAVDA. Some of the local folks in the Twin Cities um, have, happen to be women. Is that is that true across the country? And do you think, I mean, it feels like it's it's always been very welcoming organization for women. Has that been your experience? Yeah, absolutely. I I think it's getting even more, we're even getting more women even just since I've been involved, which is only since 2014. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, and for me, it's, you know, it, it, anything like that is going to be a little bit intimidating, you know, when you show up and you're, you know, but, um, it, everybody's just so friendly and I, I really, you know, I've had such a wonderful experience, you know, and, and nobody really, for the most part, nobody really balks at the fact that I'm a girl, you know, running my dog. And, um, you know, so sometimes people will ask, like, you know, they'll look at Andy, they'll ask him a question about my dog and he'll just say, well, I don't know. Why don't you ask Amanda? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it's overall, like, it's just, it's been awesome. I felt really welcome, really comfortable right off the bat. So that's cool. And you mentioned being at that sports show and, and your dad kind of pointing towards NAVDA booth. And yeah, and, and, so he must have had a, <laughs> he must have had a background there that have you prior to you getting kind of a dog of your own as an adult? Was there a relationship that existed with your family in NAVDA? 
Um, no, actually, we didn't really. My dad, when I was younger, he brought me to like field trials. And again, he was just kind of dabbling in it, like, mm -hmm. you know, kind of on the periphery. Um, but it was back then, and this was like in the 80s, early 90s, probably. Um, it was NAVDA was kind of still new, I think ish. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure when, but it, it, uh, it really, it was more the, the common thing was to send your dog out for training sure. and then you get it back and it's like, you know, this, you can't do anything with it because you didn't really learn anything. Right. So the dog performs great for the trainer, but then, you know, you get it back. And, um, so we didn't really know a whole lot about NAVDA back then. Okay. And you talked about. English setter to a yellow lab to a poodle pointer. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you, how, <laughs> tell me about that progression. Like what led you to each of those different breeds? Um, I, we had, well, in my house, we've, we've had a ton. My dad started with Irish setters. Then he, we moved on to English setters and um, my mom had a pug. Um, so like <laughs> dogs are just always at any given time. We had three sure. dogs in our house. Um, but we had, we, we had some setters that were more like Ryman, uh, you know, mm. a little bit slower, like closer. And then we had some that are more field trialy type. Um, but when I got out, I just somehow ended up with a lab. <laughs> it was like one of those impulse buy things, um, that I learned a lot from, but he was, he was awesome. Like he just, that dog just looked at me like the sun set and rose with me. So um, that is kind of why I ended up with a poodle pointer because I heard that they were a little bit more like similar to labs and personality, um, but still like a pointing dog. Mm. So I would say that's pretty true from my experience. I'd say um, that's definitely from, I now have two poodle pointers. So um building a collection but. <laughs> <laughs> it's growing it, grows, it seems to grow really quick <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and how many how many short hairs are part of the dope family i we only have so my short hair is she's she actually just turned 11 yesterday um just one you know uh and like i said i have i have an english setter myself um mm -hmm. so you know those those are my two dogs so you had a four dog house and you you categorize them as Amanda's and Andy's differently or are they yeah. both like, yeah. you do? Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that is kind of just, I, I think it, it, that's well, cause we both wanted to, I got into this because I want to do it. Like I wanted to train my own dog. I wanted to hunt with my own dog, you know, and I, I'm also like type A personality. So <laughs> it's like, I, I really wanted to learn and get that whole experience. So, um, you know, they're, they're our dogs as a pack, but he handles his dogs, you know, in the field and training and all that stuff. And I handle mine. And when we train together, we were allowed to give each other advice mm -hmm. and the other person may or may not take it. Um, that's at their discretion. Um, so, but it's one of those things with dog training. It's like, especially for me, I have to, sometimes I have to fail to, mm. you know, to really learn something. And so you can tell someone till you're blue in the face. But like, for me, I, if I have an idea, I kind of want to run with it, see what happens. It may work. It may be an epic fail, but so that's kind of our training together is like kind of evolved in that way. <laughs> uh, so I was going to talk about, uh, I was going to have Colby talk about our relationship, pheasants forever, quail forever, and nabbed it, but we're going to put that at the end because oh boy. <laughs> cause I just, I, I literally can't wait any longer because I've, yeah. I think I've known Andy for maybe, what do you think? Maybe four or five years? Yeah, maybe? that's right. Yeah, that's and, right. Yep. And I've always, you've you've always teased me with that. There's a story here, a love story about how you and Amanda came together, and it was through Navda. And I really can't wait any longer. So, <laughs> uh, but I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Amanda because she said she's Type A, and I <laughs> I, I want to hear Amanda's side of 
how you guys both met and, and got to know each other. So, so Amanda's got the poodle pointer and decides to go get involved with NAVDA. Take it from there, Amanda. Yeah, and it's it's kind of funny too because I went to the sportsman show and the chapter that I had seen at the demonstration was Yankee. And I had never actually heard of Sebastian We're both members of Sebastian And I, at the time I hadn't heard of Sebastian So I was gonna join Yankee and that was settled. And I got my poodle pointer. She was a baby puppy. I took her to the vet and the lady that was working at the vet's office she saw my dog, she saw the breed and she was like, are, are you going to join NAVDA? And I said, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go to a clinic this weekend. And she said, well, she was actually, a, she's actually a member, her and her husband are a member mm. of Sebastian And she said, well, Sebastian right so much closer to you. You should join them instead. We have a test this weekend. So come, come see that. So I said, okay. So I ended up just by chance going to Sebastian and I showed up there with my dad and I was immediately kind of swarmed by people like um, just, you know, just being really friendly. Like, what's your name? Because I was kind of like standing around a little bit like, you know, not testing, but I just kind of wanted to see what was going on. And, and um, so people were like, oh, well, what's you know, what do you have for dog? What, what's your name? How old are you? Like a, a guy in particular was like, you know, how old are you? And I was like, well, I'm 32. He's like, have you met Andy yet? And I was like, uh, no. <laughs> and so I, like, I look over and then I see Andy coming out of the field with, he's got his 20 gauge Beretta slung over his shoulders and he's wearing the field pants. And I was like, ooh, that's Andy. And <laughs> so he came over to me and he introduced himself. You the vice president of the chapter at the time and um we just started chit-chatting and he was asking me you know what do you have for a dog and you know i was trying to make myself sound cool and i was like yeah you know i got some partridge in the fridge i'm gonna you know, <laughs> drags for my puppy and um you know thinking that it's gonna sound really cool but um but yeah i it, we ended up just chatting and he told me how i could join the chapter and that was that so I went home and um, it was fine. It was just immediate attraction for me. Um, I went home and I like my mom just took one look at me like, did you meet a guy? It's <laughs> 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 like, like, I know. Uh, but I ended up, um, I think I, well, and I told my sister about it and she's like, well, you need to Facebook friend request him. And I was like, no, I can't do that. <laughs> And so I did, and then uh, I just friend requested him, and then he accepted. And then, like that day, I get a message from him, like a you know offering me you know help with training if I needed any help. <laughs> so it kind of just like spurred from there, and we were just you know just messaging back and forth. And then um, we, I I was used to be before I got a bird dog, I used to be heavy into fly fishing. Mm. And um, so somehow we got on that topic. And, and I said, Well, I can show you how to fly fish and you can show me some pointers with my puppy. So that was kind of that ended up being our first date was fly fishing. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. All right, Andy, how close does that uh, match what you remember? It's pretty accurate. It really is. But um, <laughs> I think she's underestimating or understating uh, like how much she got swarmed at the clinic, you know, <laughs> or the test when she came, you know, there's just a lot of people that, you know, they see a tall blonde haired girl, you know, they're going to new, you know, and, I, and uh, I, I actually thought this was a Saturday and usually what happens in an ABDA test is somebody is running their dog on a Sunday you know, they'll show up Saturday and kind of get the lay of the land. I thought she might've been running a dog actually the next day, but uh, so I kind of was chatting about that, but it's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty accurate, you know, and, and um, after, um, after, you know, we kind of hit it off, I'd, I'd come out and, you know, help train, you know, with her, the new puppy and everything. And, you know, the, again, this was six, seven years ago, something like that. And, um, you know, that her puppy has gone, uh, you know, all the way through the NAVDA system, all the way up 
through the invitational and passed. Mm. Uh, so that dog has had, you know, that, that dog really came into our lives, you know, call it day one, mm -hmm. almost day one, right? Because she was a really, I think Amanda had just gotten her. She was maybe yeah. like nine or 10, yeah. 10 weeks old and, you know, a little baby. And uh, so that's where we started. And, and we've, um, you know, that one dog in particular, um, all our dogs really, you know, I think we're our own biggest cheerleaders, you know, in addition to probably our family, particularly our fathers. Um, but we're always trying to help each other. You know, even though we handle and train our own dogs, we're always wanting to see the other one be as successful as possible. And um, a lot of people, uh, when Amanda was training her dog through through all the levels of the, of the NAVDA testing system, there were just countless people that wanted to see her be successful. A lot of, a lot of friendships have developed along yeah, the way. It was amazing. Like um, the whole experience was just unreal. Yeah. But, you know, so many people like they see, you know, it's like, I, I can't tell you, like I've made friends like within like the first five minutes and just like my dog will just have screwed up and I'm sobbing hysterically. And then I make a new friend who comes over to console me. Like you're fine. You're fine. And then, um, and then we're friends now. Like that's, mm -hmm. you know, that's, it's such an emotional experience. Like, you know, it's, it's ups and downs and, you know, these people, they get it. Mm -hmm. They've been there. They, you know, root for you. They cry with you when you're down, they cry with you when you're, when you win. And, you know, it's just, it's, just an awesome experience. You just make lifelong friends. It sounds like, I mean, obviously there's, you guys fall in love and got married. So it's enriched your life in a very obvious way, but mm. it sounds like it's enriched your lives um, in, you know, subtle might be the wrong word, but so it seems like there, you know, you've got a support system and, you know, that it probably done things for your confidence and problem solving ability. What comes to mind when you think about, how it's enriched your your lives overarchingly. Well, if you talk to Dabda folks that are, you know, call it been around for four or five plus years, they will say like their lives have just taken a different tra trajectory, but in a very good way, you know, mm -hmm. as far as they think, you know, because again, friends develop, um, and particularly from the hunting aspect, I know we're talking a lot about testing, but like, there's there's you you take those navda experiences and friends and you start hunting with those friends you start planning trips with those friends and you know there's it's not uncommon for a navda person to go through a certain state you know maybe that they're hunting in in the fall and they they reach out to another navda person that they know in that state mm -hmm. and they call them and say hey you want to get together or do you know do you know can you point me in the right direction for uh you know hunting grounds or you know, you'll even get people that offer it. They don't know you except for being an after person that will offer stay at your house at their house, you know, those sort mm. of things. It's, there's all those little um, relationships that develop, but like, I think, you know, like any person who's kind of bird dog crazy, right. You always <laughs> hear that term. Like you, you, you just, you, you just change your priorities around that. You know, mm. you start, you know, maybe, uh, looking for areas that you can train in, or maybe you, you, you know, you're looking at always looking at new equipment or you're looking at maybe building a new bird pen, you know, your, your priorities, I guess, kind of shift. Mm. And for, for us, it's been great because, um, we do it all together. Mm -hmm. You know, we get, we get, uh, you know, there isn't a lot that we may argue about certain training techniques, but there's, we, like, we, we don't argue about like what we need to put in, to the dogs and supporting the dogs and everything that goes along with that, where we understand that both of us, you know, together. Especially going up through all the testing stuff, like you, I, um, I played sports as a kid, and you kind of need to develop that mental toughness. And this is like the most. It just reminds me of that, like um, you know, just that adrenaline and just working through it and staying calm for your dog, and you know, and then you get to this level and, and it's just amazing. And then you go and you go on a hunt and just see all the work you've put in and your mm. dog is polished and it's just, it's just awesome. Mm. So. What's the name of uh, the poodle pointer that you have that um, brought you to? Her, 
her name is Cricket and I named her Cricket. She's black. And when I was a kid, um, my dad would, when we were training in the field, I would like hide in the field. He'd let me press the button for the trap and I would hide in the field and I wasn't really paying attention. I was kind of a little kid, but um, I had, there were these little black field crickets that were mm -hmm. all around me. So that was kind of when I got her, I, I named her Cricket because she was just kind of paying homage to that. Yeah, that's a cool connection. Yeah. I'm a, <clears throat> I'm a dog name collector. I love cool stories that go with dog names, and that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, um, the, at the, the, the term that I had in my head when you were talking about the story of your first um, NAVDA experience and the person asking, have you met Andy yet? The, the wingman, let's call that person the wingman. Uh, mm. Is he is he a close friend? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. His name is Paul Dutel. Paul Dutel. Shout out to Paul. He, he's, uh, he's a great friend of ours. Um, we've, we've trained with him. We've hunted with him. You know, I can call him up and, uh, you know, get together anytime with him. He's just he's just one of the many people in NAVDA that are just uh, willing to help out in any way. You know? he was, so he he was yeah. looking out for you. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know, the one piece that I found a little bit puzzling, you know, Amanda is explaining Andy walking out of the field with field pants and, you know, <laughs> she, you know, she described you very much like a Tom Cruise, Jerry Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <boy>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least on that day at yeah least on that day maybe, maybe. Yeah. good first impression yeah. but he's so he's so professional like the whole time was just such a gentleman like i kind of was questioning like we were you know dating for we you know well when i say dating like we you know went fly fishing and then we were you know training cricket and um but I was kind of like, I can't tell if he likes me or if he just likes training my dog. Like, I'm not really sure. But, you know, so, but, then, you know, it, it just kind of, you know, progressed. And then, but, uh, and then, you know, he, he, he isn't so serious once you get to know him. But at first it was kind of like, oh, uh, that's funny. <laughs> what uh, I also loved as you, you were telling the story, Amanda. Um, I don't know if you did this on purpose or not, but you have a wicked Maine accent when you want to. Oh yeah, <laughs> get the yeah. get the yeah. well, partridge, he, was, partridge it, out of the freezer. It was funny yeah. because like he was like he didn't really know he was like partridge, and I was like yeah partridge because that's what we've always called yeah. them, you know. And and uh, he was like, you mean you mean grouse? And I was like, yeah yeah grouse. <laughs> Like, like she thought she would, you know, she, I just I, thought I was being cool. I, <laughs> I caught her in the wrong term, you know, and then she, she corrected herself. So, but that's the main, that's what they're called in Maine. Mm. <laughs> so uh, when you proposed or how'd the proposal happen? And was there a, was there a dog connection to that piece? Uh, we were actually up at her uh, uncle's camp. He's got a in Rangeley. Yeah, in Rangeley, Maine, another like Mecca for, you know, fly fishing and upland bird hunting in, in uh, northwestern Maine. And uh, I thought it was kind of fitting, you know, that we we're out actually fishing together because that that uh, that was our first date, too. So mm -hmm. I kind of popped the question on, you know, when we were fishing in a little bit. I actually think I even opened up. Yeah, it was funny because you <laughs> um, I'm just, you know, I was all in it, you know, like just figure out what flies I want to use and all this stuff. And, and he's like, I need to change all my flies. What should I put on? And he, he like held out the fly box to me and I'm like, Oh, well you could do this or you could do that. And I didn't even see it, but the ring was right in the box. <laughs> and he's like, hello. <laughs> I was like, Oh, a ring. <laughs> so yeah, that was nice. We were standing in the middle of a river and, and, proposed, so. and how nervous were you that she was just going to accidentally tip over the, the fly box and the ring goes down the stream? Yeah. Once she didn't realize it was there, I thought I was a little bit you know, <laughs> taken back, but it, it all worked out. So. Uh, that's awesome. Congratulations. You two. That's a fun story. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, the, you know, one of the, the big impetuses for having you on today and talking about NAVDA was, uh, we're in the middle of 
Bird Dogs for Habitat, which uh, NAVDA, along with Perina and Project Upland and Rufflin Kennels and Orvis um, and Sport Dog e-collars are all partners of uh, Bird Dogs for Habitat. Um, so as, as we, this will air in the final week and we'll, we'll call out the, the poodle pointers, Amanda, we got to get, <laughs> we got the poodle pointers are definitely respectable right now in the vote column, but, yeah. but they could use a little bit more love climbing the charts. They're yeah. currently at, uh, 656 votes with, um, in first place at the moment, Andy, German Shorthairs, 4,749. So they got, uh, they got the labs breathing down their backs with Brittany's in third, Chesapeake, Chesapeake Bay Retrievers in fourth, and the uh, Deutsch Longars, German Longhairs in fifth. So we got, we, we're having just a wonderful showing this year. There's been almost 20,000 votes placed um so thank you you navda has really spread the word of this campaign and helped us generate these funds and these memberships um colby you're you're the the point of contact between pheasants forever quail forever and and navda and really this is bird dogs for habitat is only the tip of the iceberg here isn't it yeah, absolutely. There's uh, such a great partnership between the organization and, and so much in, in common with uh, everything as you heard them tell their story, talking about the local volunteers that run both organizations and that just um, local connection to the habitat and the bird dogs. And as I, I think about NAVDA um, and a, a lot of my um, experience with the organization. When I went to my first event, the Heartland chapter on the eastern side of Nebraska on the edge of Iowa there, it was too. The first thing that I noticed was very family friendly, uh, very diverse. And the way I envision it is, is like people helping people, you know, that's, and it's based around the love for bird dogs, but um, from kids to, to adults and the females and everybody in between, it's just such a, um, an awesome welcoming organization. But our organizations have really worked over the last couple of years through a strategic partnership to try and combine our resources to do events based around our hunting heritage and the understanding that what our organization does is is habitat is is great for bird dogs and as andy said you know it's such a big part of their organization is is the upland hunting and the hunting you know after the events and getting together and everybody within their organization realizes that they have to have somewhere for these these dogs to go, whether it's waterfowl or upland. Um, we're the habitat organization, and and there's just such crossover. Um, R three is what we really focus on, and and a big part of our hunting heritage and what pheasants forever and quail forever do is our our learn to hunt events. And part of that strategic partnership is is getting NAVDA involved in our learn to hunt events, whether it's a, a youth event or an adult experience where we partnered up with them. You talk about the best of the best um, and having safe dogs there to hunt over. It doesn't get any better than that for somebody out on their first experience. So um, it's going to have been a great partnership and, and we're just looking to continue to grow that. So for any anybody that's out there listening, whether with NAVDA or with Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever, um, Andy's kind of the contact on their side and I am for our side. But uh, chapters working together to uh, reach a common goal and a common mission is is the best of both worlds. When when folks join NAVDA, Andy, what what can they expect? What's um, what comes with a membership for NAVDA? Well, there's kind of two levels to that. If you um, if you want to go ahead and say put your dog up in a NAVDA test, um, we uh, need you to be a NAVDA international member. So there's a there's a um, national membership, and then most people actually start by finding a local chapter. So they find a local chapter, they join that chapter, they pay dues with that local chapter. And then shortly after that, or right around the same time, they usually join NAV International. So it's kind of two parts. Um, but you'll get, and, and you're welcome to join multiple local chapters as well. I mean, many people do that. They, they, and the benefit of that is if you're kind of in a central area and you, you maybe you want to go train with one chapter because they have certain training grounds or you, know, you go to another chapter on another weekend and you, and you train uh, with another chapter for to, to hang out with those folks. Um, 
So when you join NAV International, you get a welcoming pack that sort of, that'll kind of guide you in some of those uh, opportunities to find a local chapter. And um, it, it really, a lot of it, a lot of that, you know, that welcoming and that uh, camaraderie is really developed at that, at that local level. It even starts before that um, where, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of people that actually find out about NAVDA are actually finding out through their breeder that they bought the mm. dog from. That's actually the number one kind of point of entry for our people. So say, uh, you know, say you want to get um, a German long haired, you know, pointer mm -hmm. that breeder may be very well involved in NAVDA or wants to see that his puppies, his or her puppies are, are tested uh, through the NAVDA system and they encourage people to join NAVDA. They also know that, um, you, you know, uh, there are very, there are a lot of good breeders that we have in our organization that will guide those puppy buyers as much as possible. But at the same time, you know, sometimes puppies go all over the country, right? Sure. So sure. say, say there's a breeder, you know, in Minnesota that sells a dog to somebody in California, they might, they might encourage that puppy buyer to actually reach out and find a breeder, uh, excuse me, a NAVDA chapter in California, right? Cause you can't get that direct help from that, from that breeder. And that's one of the strong, diverse uh, points of our organization is that again, we're in, 38 different states. So um, their likelihood of you having a NAVDA chapter near you is pretty, pretty high to, mm. get, to get that support for you and your dog. You know, and you can't, I can't stress enough that support that exists. Um, you know, you, you may not find your future significant other, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you will get a lot of a lot of help, whether whatever it is you're working on with, whether it's steadiness, um, backing, um, retrieving, there's just, there's a lot of good people involved that have been through the process before with, you pick the breed, right? Like if, if it's a versatile breed, there's somebody in that group that has gone through yeah. the process and, and will uh, um, see you and, and definitely want to help. Um, yeah. It, although I do think that there's probably a need for a match.com sort of application for, for NAVDA. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a crazy, you know, it is definitely a lifestyle. It's not really a hobby that we dabble in. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a lifestyle for us. And so, yeah, it's like-minded people. And there are a lot of husband and wife teams mm -hmm. that are really good NAVDA people and they're really good NAVDA trainers. They're NAVDA they breeders. They give good training advice. They give yeah. good marriage advice. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, yeah. There's husband and wives that, you know, there's some key um, couples that, that got us involved or, you know, kind of led us along in our, uh, you know, the NAVDA training tips and journey and everything. But there's also a lot of husband and wives that participate together. Mm. You know, they really are. And, you know, you talked about, women involved in NAVDA, some of the best trainers that I know are women. Mm. And um, I will say this a lot about Amanda, that there are many things, there are many times where um, I'm doing something as a trainer and you kind of get that tunnel vision, you know, you mm. kind of don't see what the dog is doing from that perspective. And if she's right there along with me helping out, I, I always, I always want her input and advice and say, you know, what are you seeing that I'm not right? Mm. So, um, there are some there are some wonderful wonderful women in this or in this in NABDA that that uh, have been around for many years and there's a lot of new women that are coming along and getting involved in in bird dogs and and NABDA in general that are probably going to be kind of taking over and taking over the reins and and continuing things uh, you know down the road the the numbers that we're seeing as far as growth in NABDA are not slowing down by any means uh, you know we've consistently uh, since about 2013, 2014, we've, we've actually just about doubled in membership. So in That's a very great. short amount of time. Yeah. Congratulations. And, and I know you'll, you typically have a booth at Pheasant Fest. So mm -hmm. You'll be at National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic in Omaha. Um, and that's a place where people could sign up, but a much easier way to sign up. They could go online too, right? Go online. Oh yeah, absolutely. Local chapter. Yep. Yeah, we have a really easy chapter locator map. We get people often that email 
our uh, NAVD International email and say, hey, I'm in this state. How can I find a local chapter? And we have that map. Actually, we've correlated, Colby and I have correlated that and overlaid that to where the Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever chapters are. That's so crazy. that's, an, yeah, it's another way that, you know, we're working together to have those, that interaction between the two chapters. But really easy to find that on the website, or you can always call our office. Our office staff is known for being really friendly and they can they can also help you out as well. Throw out um, your URL, your website URL. Uh, it's navda.org. So just N-A-V-H-D-A.org. Outstanding. Colby, what I miss along the way? You know, I just think, um, you know, this plays really well too, Bob, as we're going through our recent Path to the Uplands, you know, series. And this is just another avenue and a and a pathway for individuals to get into the outdoors. And there's, there's such overlay and connection. And, and as people try to reconnect and um, they're interested now, um, we, we talk a lot in the R3 world about retention. So, you know, the pandemic, for example, was a, a great way to recruit people into the outdoors. And, and when I think of NAVDA and you talk about retention and social support is a big thing that we talk about all the times. There is not a better way for social support as somebody who's new to the outdoors and trying to find their way is, is through an organization like this. Um, so at the very least, you know, go check out the website. Um, even if you don't have a bird dog, you know, even if that, you know, they're very welcoming. And I, I've heard mm -hmm. that multiple times. Just come on out to a to an, an event. You don't have to have a dog. Don't let that be a, a barrier to you to, to start with. They're very welcoming and um, they want to get to know you as a person and in your local community. Um, the other awesome part about it is a lot of times when we talk about hunting and things, it always revolves around the fall and their events and their timeline. A lot of their stuff is, is coming up now. It's, you know, springtime events and summer and um, and then they do end up having, you know, and, and you guys could talk a little bit maybe about the invitational this year, I believe is over in in Iowa. But um, it, it's it's the time to get involved is now. You know, we don't have to wait till October when seasons start opening up. Um you know, join your local chapter now. And uh, if nothing else, just go to the website and check it out. Tell us about the Invitational. When is that? And can anybody just show up and, and watch? Yeah, that's in uh, Grinnell, Iowa this year. So kind of centrally located. Um, it's going to happen in September, in the middle, middle, middle of September. Um, and it's going to be a really big event this year. Actually, it's the most most amount of dogs we've had entered in any invitational uh, over over 200 dogs. Hmm. So um, the invitational test is really uh, the top dogs get invited to it. You know, you have to meet a certain prize uh, category, a prize one in the utility test, um, which is kind of our upper level. Uh, you know, some people think of that as a finished gun dog or a utility dog. Uh, but even beyond that, um, the invitational um, is a pretty involved test where you're in the field portion, you're running two dogs together in a brace, you know, with, with somebody that also is running their dog. So you're judged as a team. Uh, there's, there's a couple water portions, blind retrieve, and uh, as well as a, a double mark retrieve simulating that duck hunting type of scenario. And, and uh, it's really an event where, you know, that's, it's a team effort all the way around that handler, that dog. And we, and we want to see that dog perform. Hmm. At a, at a really kind of really, really polished level. It's it's the cream of the crop type of test. So anybody can come to that. You don't have to be uh, running a dog. We're probably gonna have hundreds and hundreds of people there this year, I'm sure. Hmm. It's it's uh, hosted uh, typically our Hawkeye chapter uh, in, in Iowa hosts uh, that event. They are hosting that event as well. And it's actually on the Brownell shooting complex, complex the big spring. Uh, shooting complex, wonderful, wonderful place to host a big event like that. Great big fields and and Brownells has been very, very supportive of us always when we host that there. So um, anybody can come to any to the invitation or any local event. If you don't have a dog, uh, like Colby said, I know this sounds crazy, but I actually didn't have a Navda dog for two years. Mm. But I went to my local chapter and I participated and I was out there planting birds and just learning and absorbing. And that actually, I actually encourage people to do that. We get some people that say, I don't have a dog yet. Can I come? And that's actually, in my opinion, one of the best times to come because you're not worried about that little dog that you just got. And you can go and ask people questions. You can, you can walk out in the field if they're training together, typically. Um, so it, we, we strongly, strongly encourage that people to come out. Probably a good way, field. probably a good way to find a, a line on a litter. Based, yes. based on what you see in the field that you 
you like and gravitate to. Yeah, and we also have a complete list on our website of all our NAV to recognize breeders. Hmm. So if you, you know, say you want a wire hair pointing Griffon, which I know Bob is your favorite breed to say at Pheasant Fest. <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to you hearing hearing you say that again this coming, you know, next Pheasant Fest. So say you say you're looking for Griffon, you can go and search that those those breeders that we have. And then even beyond that, one thing we didn't really talk about is the amount of data that we have mm. um, in our registry. All, anytime a dog is tested in the system, it gets inputted into our system. It's available to the public. You can go look up that dog's test records and try and get an understanding of what the kind of characteristics of that dog are. Breeders really put a lot of weight into that testing system and the results of those dogs. So maybe they're trying to find another pair uh, you know, and, and made up two dogs that they want to produce a strong point or improve, a, improve a point here or there. Um, that, that, that has been, uh, one of the, one of the major successes of NAVDA, uh, mm. over time is, is all that 50 plus years of data on tens and tens of thousands of dogs in our, in our registry, you know, that have, that have come to the system. And, and it really is the most fun dog breed name to say. Right, I mean, <laughs> wirehead pointy griffon. There you go. I, I, there you I, go. I, I do really enjoy that. Um, all right, so here's the final question, the money ball question. Um, you know, you, you talked about having short hairs, English setters, and, and poodle pointers, but they're your kind of your independent dogs. Yeah. As a married couple, if you had to come to a consensus over a breed that you shared and trained oh, together and was your joint marriage because this is interesting like my marital um like dog breed or our dog breed marriage compromise was my wife was a lab family i was from a britney family and the marital compromise was the short hair so the poodle pointer, English setter, short hair, English setter. I mean, the obvious answer would be, well, you guys are probably an English setter couple because there's been one of them in each of your past. But throw me a curveball. What would be the marital compromise? Oh, man. You're really going to make us answer <laughs> that, aren't you? you? Who wants to go first? I don't know. No, you answer. <laughs> um, I've actually thought about this, like if we settled on one breed and I'm, I, you know, most NAVDA people, you know, they do have their preferred breed. Mm -hmm. You know, they maybe they've had that breed growing up or maybe they had a different breed before they got involved in NAVDA. And then all of a sudden they came out to a NAVDA clinic and they saw a breed that they liked. Mm -hmm. Right. And then they they got that breed. Um, but I honestly there and I think this I can say this because it relates to. Um, a lot of NABDA judges think this way. They see so many different breeds of really good dogs that the, I, I am a dog person in general. I just really like good watching good dog sure. work. I don't, I don't necessarily say that, you know, this breed is the best breed, mm -hmm. right? I think that anybody who thinks that way maybe is missing the boat on watching other dogs run. Um, but I don't know. I, I honestly think that I, I, I personally be okay with having different breeds in the household because I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate this different is... things. It's, it's maybe that's dancing around the question. Yeah. Maybe it is. But I, I really like certain things about my setter. I really like certain things about my short hair and I really like certain things about Amanda's poodle pointer. The point that Amanda made on those poodle pointers about having that, um, you know, lab like bubbly personality connecting with them. I see that relationship that they have with them, that she has with them. And I can, I'm a little bit jealous at times. I'll be honest. Like there, you know, some, my dogs are a little bit more, you know, matter of fact, mm -hmm. kind of black and white, you know, and maybe that's, that's part of me <laughs> as a trainer, but I can't, I can't say, you know, there's, you know, there's a reason why the, 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 you know, Bird dogs for habitat right now. The short hair is number one, right? That's a very, that's a very, very popular breed. Mm -hmm. It's become for a very a for a reason. Right. There's, there's no question about that. The short hair 
is still the, the, the number of dogs that come through the NAVDA testing system and are registered each year. NAVDA still is German short hair. However, in recent years, the poodle pointer, the poodle pointer has actually really become on strong in NAVDA. There's a lot of people that um, are really interested in poodle pointer, and it's actually become the number two dog in, in NAVDA wow. behind behind the short hair. Yes, Colby, I, I, Colby, I feel like I asked them how to defuse a bomb. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I ever got a straight answer there. Amanda, no, I never. I was. I was going to say, what was the answer? He kind of danced around there. Help him out, Amanda. What would be the marital compromise breed? I don't know that there would be a compromise per yeah. se. It would. I wouldn't really be compromising if I said poodle pointer. <laughs> I know what her answer is. She yeah. would. She. She I would have a whole house. When we, the other thing she didn't mention when we first met is she's like, "So you're gonna we're gonna have a whole house full of poodle pointers, right? Eventually, you know." <laughs> I was like, "Well, I don't know." You know? So, no, I think um, I. I there, again, there's a lot of there's a lot of different breeds. There's a handful of different breeds that I'd be very comfortable <laughs> with us having in the home. You know, there, there, there's just a, and, and I can say that because, you know, I can use those tools that NAVDA has to go out and look for those dogs Mm. in certain breeds that, that I may gravitate to, or somebody else may gravitate to and, and pick a good dog for us in the home. (laughs) I I was going to ask you what breed you absolutely do not want in the house, but you would, you would run away from that question is. Yeah, that's a no, no, (laughs) that's a no, no. Somebody in the you know some with thirty plus different breeds in Navda. If I if I said the dog that I didn't want, somebody would uh, be emailing me. Right. But again, like you said, as a judge, you get to see like you've seen great dogs of any breed, really. Yeah. Right. We 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 see the we see the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, and uh, and that's not uh, I say the bad and the ugly. That that may be a dog that just the development is just is going to happen later, right? Or hasn't had that um, exposure to, to good proper training, you know? And uh, when, we, when we see that stuff at a local chapter level or at a judge, judge level, we try and help those people say, hey, maybe, maybe this is where you maybe need to focus to have yourself a good hunting dog, yeah. you know? Um, but like I said, I'm, uh, I, I get that question often actually. <laughs> and I, I, I get at, we get asked, right? When, when I run into some other people or like when I'm judging in a judging team, it's pretty common for each other judge to ask, you know, what do you have for dogs? And I say, well, my wife has two porter pointers. I have a short hair and I have an English setter. And I usually get really odd looks, you know, <laughs> and that's okay. I just, I, I like, like I said, I really appreciate good dog work, good training, you know, a good hunting dog, regardless of breed. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, I want to thank you both for sharing your, your very personal and touching story. It's been it's been really a lot of fun to to hear it. Finally, hear how you guys fell in love through through NABDA. It's been really really fun conversation. Mm. Well, thank you for having us. This yeah, was awesome. it was a lot of fun. Really fun. Colby, talk people into making a donation to Bird Dogs for Habitat for me. Well, there's only going to be a probably a few short days left after this airs. So, um, you know, our, our mission is is critical and it doesn't matter. As Annie said, what there's different breeds of dogs out there. It doesn't matter what breed you have. I think we pretty much have most all of them available on there. So yep. uh, get on there, make your vote count. Um, you know, maybe that poodle pointer, maybe we've sold the story there that they get, I don't know if they're going to jump into the lead. But, you know, I think if they're... <laughs> They're second in NAVDA. They're they're being undershown here on our Pheasants Forever and Quill Forever uh, Bird Dogs for <laughs> Habitat. So wherever all those NAVDA members are, better get out there and vote. All right, Poodle Pointers. It's rally time. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll remind you, Orvis uh, has gracious, graciously participated this year. And everybody that uh, becomes a member through Bird Dogs for Habitat We'll get a personalized dog collar, Orvis dog collar, if you sign up to become a Pheasants Forever or Quail Forever member through the Bird Dogs for Habitat campaign. And because of the sponsorships with NAVDA, Perina Pro Plan, Rufflin Kennels, Orvis, Sport Dog, and Project Upland, 
every single dollar we raise through the campaign, and that includes membership dollars, will be matched four times over for our Habitat mission. So become a member, make a donation, and you'll be helping us create those places where bird dogs love to run. All right, folks, for Amanda and Andy Doak, for Colby Kerber, I'm Bob St. Pierre, reminding you to always follow the dog. Something good will rise. Thanks for listening.